Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, good friends. Hope you had a great Labor Day weekend. And now, welcome back to the real world and the Bill Press Pod. Well, you know, if you ask anybody who follows or reports on politics... Ask them who are the best political prognosticators in the nation, and Larry Sabato will always come out at or near the top of the list. A longtime political professor at the University of Virginia in Charlottesville, he's founder and still leader of the university's Center for Politics, author of the center's Crystal Ball, which tracks every House, Senate, and presidential election in the country and author or editor of over two dozen books on American politics. Larry's famous for calling them as he sees them, regardless of political party, which hasn't made Virginia Republicans very happy. Two years ago, after Sabato dared criticize Donald Trump for not releasing his tax returns, the Virginia Republican Party demanded that the university conduct an ethics investigation of Sabato which UVA and Sabato promptly ignored. Well, we were lucky to catch up with Larry Sabato over the Labor Day weekend to get his take on this political season, which is, you must admit, for many reasons, unlike anything we've ever seen. Larry Sabato, wow, oh, what a great treat to join up with you again. Thanks for uh, joining us on the Bill Press Pod. It is a treat for me too, Bill. Thank you. <laughs> Well, Larry, I got to say, you know, this is hardly uh, your first rodeo or my first rodeo, but uh, we've been around this political game a long time. Is it safe to say that we've never seen a political season like this one and probably never will? Uh, Even if you exclude Trump, which, of course, is impossible, (laughs) you're saying it it is unlike any other because of what people are saying and doing and how they're perceiving one another and how extreme and polarized they are on the Republican side. Um, so yes, it's different. Once you throw Trump in with, you know, four indictments and 91 counts, it just blows my mind. I I don't want to die early, but I don't think, I think there would have been a plus to going, <laughs> you know, say in 2015. <laughs> well, as you see it today in your crystal ball, um, and we know things could change. There's a lot of time left. As you see it today, is this going to be a rematch of uh, Trump and Biden? Well, as of today, that's what it looks like. But, you know, the yeah. legal system may have something to say about that. <laughs> it could very well, right? Yeah. Yes. And and Biden, look, it's a, it's all a matter of his health. Some days he, you know, comes across to me as, as perfectly reasoned and, and pretty healthy. And, you know, in other days, I think he's very tired and uh, as any of us would be being president and. He shuffles and, you know, doesn't uh, give a speech coherently. So I just I don't know what's going to happen. I have no idea. But if you were guessing today, it would have to be Biden versus Trump. 
How do you see, we've got two schedules now, and again, we've never had to deal with this before. There's going to be the campaign schedule and the courtroom schedule, <laughs> right? Yes. How are those two going to play out and play together, do you see? On one level, they will conflict. There's no way they can't. And at least one judge, and probably more, seems determined to make uh, Trump uh, go through a trial completely before the election, maybe even before Republicans choose their, their candidate. So that really matters. But on the other hand, the way Trump has been doing this, the way he's been playing it, using every legitimate legal attack on his behavior as uh, suggesting some kind of deep unfairness in the system and, you know, two-tier justice, which I always thought was about the fact that the rich were treated much better than the poor. But it turns out it's that the rich are so terribly discriminated against. So, you know, who knows? But clearly, if he's got to be in the courtroom, right, if the judge says, you got to be in the courtroom, I don't care if you're a professional athlete or a, you know, a brain surgeon or a former president, you got to be in the courtroom. He's got to be in the courtroom, right? Well, he does. And that means he can't have rallies. And that means he can't show up at debates, which he doesn't show up for anyway. Uh, but doesn't it give him other opportunities? First of all, it, it enables him to raise much more money. All of it can be put into into television, TV ads. You know, those mm -hmm. rallies can be expensive to organize. So right. it can help him that way. Um, and uh, his his base is so determined to back him that the worse off he looks, the more they love him. Right. Now, uh, again, we don't know what when all these trials are actually going to take place, but do you think it's possible, given the campaign schedule, given when the, the, the states hold their primaries, that Trump could actually lock up the nomination before a jury decides his guilt or innocence? No question about it. No, that's their goal, right? Yeah. Yeah. Their goal is to make sure that there's there's no real judgment about his guilt. Uh, pardon me, I should have said guilt or innocence, but I, I thought I'd spare myself those two words. Uh, there's simply no way that people would be able to take that into account if they didn't have at least one judgment. Although you wonder on the Republican side, would it matter? And if it mattered, uh, would it help him more than hurt him? Yeah, well, that was my next question, of course. If he's convicted of a felon, do you believe the Republican Party would still nominate him? Well, the same part of the party, that's about 20% now, yeah. uh, would, would realize it's a disaster to put him up. Even if Biden is at 40% popularity and, and we end up having a recession or whatever you want to add in there, uh, the, the same part of the party would understand that things aren't going to turn out real well. But his base, no, they don't care. They're determined to do this. And of course, if he loses, it will be fraud. Mm -hmm. It's all vote fraud. It's already set up, right? Yeah. Were he the not, let's say, I know there's so many scenarios, and again, all this could change, but if he had already locked up the nomination and then he's found guilty, uh, can they possibly dump him off the top of the ticket and replace him with anybody else? Or once the convention's over, is it done? No, actually, the, the RNC 
does have the power under certain circumstances to do it. And this would be, I think, the circumstance. They also... One, substitute, would, one would think, right? One would think. You know, they did it. Uh, you remember this, Bill, like I do. Uh, they did it uh, back in October of 1912 when the Republican... <laughs> Uh, the Republican nominee for vice president inconveniently died, you know, Taft's ticket, yeah. huh. and they replaced him just a few days before the election. So there's precedent. Now, this isn't a death, but it could be a political death that they could come up with something if they wanted right. to. But think about what would happen with the Trump people. Whoa. You know, they, they would be invading the Republican National Committee instead of the <laughs> U.S. Capitol. Yeah, for sure. By the way, for the record, I do not remember 1912. Bill, we were there together. Come on. (laughs) So uh, looking across the political landscape, the red states are in the red, the blue states are in the blue. Where do you think this election will be decided? A handful of states, right? Which ones? Yes, if it's actually close in the end. Uh Uh, Something could push it away from being close. But if it's actually close in the end, and early on it gives those indications, it would be certainly Georgia. Arizona, Nevada, uh, Wisconsin, and probably Pennsylvania. Those would be the five I would look at. And you could argue about, well, Pennsylvania has been leaning more Democratic. Yes, that's true. Same with Michigan. But there are circumstances under which they could become competitive. But I'll give you those five to start with. And looking at those, uh, that's not necessarily bad news for Biden, right? I mean, he did win Georgia. He did win Arizona. He won Pennsylvania. He won Wisconsin. I think he won Nevada, right? Uh, Yes, he did. No, absolutely. No, it's not bad news at all, except that uh, at the time, he was really the perfect opponent for Trump from a Democratic perspective, because he was clearly an adult. You know, he was an ultra, super adult. Uh, at his age and with his experience. And Mm -hmm. people were ready for an adult to run the country. Well, now, uh, even though you can make a very strong case, or I could, that Biden has done extraordinarily well. I mean, he has really accomplished a lot in just the first couple of years of this term. He's unpopular. It's a lot of its inflation, some of its age. Uh, He's got to be lifted up maybe by just Trump being the opponent, maybe by other things, maybe the economy will have been good enough for long enough so that the public will believe that things have gotten better and he'll be rewarded. Uh, age, you can't do anything about one way or the other. But, uh, you know, I'm, I think everybody who looks at this has uh, concerns about age and, and the, uh, the rating that's so stubbornly around 40, sometimes upper 30s, sometimes low 40s, but it's nowhere near where it has to be, especially once you throw in Cornell West as the green candidate and mm-hmm. this no labels thing, if it actually happens. Yeah. What's your take on the no labels thing, by the way? Well, I I have to say, I do take them at their word because I happen to know some of, them, some of them. They don't want Trump reelected, but that doesn't mean they won't help him get reelected. Yeah. Uh, they say they're going to pull the plug at any time if they think that they're uh, they're helping Trump. And, you know, probably that's true, though. Once names are on the ballot at a certain point, you can't get the names off the ballot. You know, they'll still be there when people vote. I'm I'm actually more worried about Cornell West. Really? Huh. Well, because it reminds me so much of the Greens in 2016 or Ralph Nader in 2000. It, it does. And intentionally, 
they weren't necessarily trying to beat Al Gore or Hillary Clinton, but the effect was pretty clear. Jill Stein and, and Ralph Nader hurt the Democrats where it really counted, you know, in uh, New Hampshire and Florida in, in 2000 and Wisconsin, Michigan, and a few other states in 2016. So wh whatever your intentions are, just by being on the ballot, you can produce a result that's very contrary to what you had hoped it would be. And look, no labels, who knows, who, who will they put up? They're still arguing about how they're going to nominate their ticket. This whole thing could fall apart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but they do have a lot of money, it looks like, right? And, um, yeah. and certainly Joe Manchin is flirt flirting with it, if not already made up his mind, who knows? Do you really think that he won't try to keep the Senate seat? I, I just doubt it. You know, that's that's his base. And yeah. he's going to want to try it one more time. He knows he'll never be president. He's not going to become president on a no labels ticket. Right. Right. So, you know, he has a he has a chance, decent chance, not a great chance, but a decent chance of holding his seat uh, from West Virginia. So, you know, I just don't know about that. And they've had all these names out there. I, I don't know who they're really talking to and who actually is interested. Larry Hogan, come on, I like Larry Hogan. I think he did a good job as governor of Maryland. But as a presidential candidate, no, no, no way. No, right. And Joe Lieberman, I mean, come on, his time is done. Oh, come on. I mean, yeah. that's ridiculous. Well, of course, he could run for vice president again. You know, I guess. <laughs> well, you, so we were talking about Biden. I want to come back there for just a second. This, this election, like any president, right, who is running for a second term, in effect, the election is a referendum on Joe Biden. Would you agree? Yes. Oh, it almost always is with the incumbent, although yeah. potentially you'll have two incumbents in a sense. So it's a referendum on Biden. And as you point out, and I would argue, he does have a good record to sell, right? If you talk about he's got the inflation thing, right? He's got the prescription drugs this week. Infrastructure. Um, infrastructure is yeah, big. Right. Go, go, down, go down the list. Um are they doing a good enough job selling it? And does he have enough time to turn it around? Well, I'm not going to criticize them because if I were in their position, I don't know what I'd do to sell it either. You know, we're we're way past the ABC era, you know, of Franklin Roosevelt, where, you know, yeah. people actually focused in on the substance right. and realized a lot was being done. Uh, I think it's very, very tough to sell those, especially because the benefits are out there. You know, they're in the out years and mm -hmm. people don't focus on what might come. They're looking at, you know, what their bill is when they go to the grocery store. And even though inflation's coming down, the prices are so much higher than they were a year and a half ago. Uh, so that that's part of it. I don't know how you really solve that. We're not going to have deflation. Um, so, you know, it's I think it can happen. A lot of it's just going to be a negative choice if it's Biden v. Trump and everybody needs to accept that. And it's OK. People vote for lots of reasons. We can mm -hmm. both think of loads of of campaigns that were won by a candidate, not because he or she was so great, but because the opponent was so awful <laughs> or appeared to be like Ray. That's how Reagan beat Carter. We think of Carter now in a much better way. But in, in 1980, it was simply a matter of voting Jimmy Carter out. Last Wednesday, the first GOP debate, uh, if Trump were not the nominee, did you see the Republican Party nominee if, on that stage? Uh, not really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not, not really, no. I mean, the fact that Ramaswamy, who is 
just, uh, he's absurd. I mean, the things that he says and the lies that he tells. I mean, he's a young Trump, really. If he, and he's, he's already worth a billion dollars anyway. So I can easily see this guy cheating his way to, you know, 20 billion. He'll probably be worth more than Trump claims to be <laughs> or it's over with. Uh, you know, the, God only knows. I mean, I don't think they'd be dumb enough to do that. And there are, from their perspective, respectable candidates. Chris Christie would be one, but they're not even considering him. But, right. you know, and Haley, uh, OK, you know, she uh, she governed somewhat pragmatically for eight years in South Carolina, which means she was very conservative. But she was mm-hmm. pragmatic. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and uh, Senator Scott, Tim Scott, is uh, is uh, somebody who potentially could. I can't see them nominating him, maybe a vice presidential candidate. But no, it was hard to. And look, Pence. <laughs> there's not a chance they're going to nominate him, but you know, he's, he's Trump without Trump. I mean, he's got the same positions. It's just that that the man won't violate the constitution. (laughs) Who who would ever have thought that was a qualification for getting elected president? I will not, not lie to you. I I will not disobey the constitution. What a great slogan. uh, I thought Pence showed a fire in his belly that I'd never seen before. At, at, I think at, he got at, mad. He got uh, mad at Ramaswamy. I mean, you know, he's, yeah. he's looking at this wet behind the ears kid at 38 who clearly doesn't know very much. He just doesn't know very much. So he's saying anything. And Pence had enough. And he, he actually got mad. He doesn't show emotion all that much. Oh, but right. he was angry. He was but, angry at him. Okay. So ahead of time, all the pundits, uh, not you and not me, were saying, oh, this is going to be Ron DeSantis. He's going to clean it up. This is his big opportunity, right, to show the nation how great he is and, and why he's the choice other than Trump. I, I, I didn't see it. Did you? No, I never. Well, I did because I I'd watched him. This was way back in 2018. I watched him not work a room but head for the richest person in the room. And he would have run over both grandmothers laid into him. Uh, he didn't have a word for anybody else. There was, there was no. nobody else there as far as he was concerned. You know, that type never does well. We've been around this for so long, Bill, you know that. The ones that don't have the sense to pretend that they like people. They don't. It's the old thing about you got to be sincere. And if you can fake that, you got it made. Yeah, indeed. He can't do it. He can't do it. Yeah, right. So um, there's talk that there may be, could be, maybe uh, if it wasn't anybody on that stage, Larry, uh, an outsider suddenly come in riding on the white horse. And people have been talking about your governor, Glenn Youngkin, uh, but you pointed out this week things don't look so rosy for him on the presidential level, right? No, they certainly don't. He is so overrated. Now, I've <laughs> said he ha- he has far more ambition than ability, and and people who haven't looked at him closely don't know that. People who haven't listened to him extensively don't know that. They will. They will now. I, I'm sure he has an image. He projects an image that can last for a while, but. He really, he doesn't know government either. You know, he's one of these people who wanted to start at the top. They all want to start at the top. So he runs for governor, never having been in any public office and knowing relatively little about government. Terry McAuliffe, and I happen to like Terry, but Terry made a terrible mistake in that debate. It wasn't just that. The Democrats in Washington didn't help Bill. 
they they really screwed up in not passing what the Biden wanted them to pass right there, even a piece of it. And Nancy Pelosi went to work trying to help Terry McAuliffe. That that isn't well known. And she got frustrated. It was hopeless. So the Democrats fell apart at the national level and McAuliffe pl- uh, paid the price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So, no, no, I'm not. I don't think he's nearly as good as they think he is. Also, why exactly would they abandon all these candidates who are actually out there uh, campaigning, raising money, meeting people uh, for a guy who hasn't experienced any of that because he's tall and wears a vest and khaki <laughs> pants and is, you know, Mr. Suburban Dad? They're, they all have the same positions. He doesn't have any position that's different from theirs. Well, you pointed out, uh, I saw one of your posts that he got 9% in Virginia, in his yeah. home state of Virginia, right? Among Republicans. Among Just Republicans. among Republicans. <laughs> it was 9, 9%. Trump was way in front of him. DeSantis was in front of him by a little. But my goodness, if your own people in your party, in your own state, when you're supposed to be the savior, <laughs> you know, give you 9%, isn't that a hint? Mm. I think it is. It is such an exciting year. It's good for you and you good for me. I'm not sure it's good for the country. Uh, Larry, we're just we just kind of broke the surface just a little bit. Lots more to talk about. We're gonna take a quick break, then we'll come back and pick up and talk about the rest of the field, the rest of the story here with Larry Sabato. Here we are, uh, the start, uh, the official start of the political season with Labor Day. And, uh, you know, this week, speaking of campaigns, I got a call, unexpected call, from a former intern of the Bill Press Show. Her name is Leslie Lopez. She's a member of the Maryland State Assembly, been there for five years, and she is now running for Congress for Maryland's 6th Congressional District. So I got to tell you what I did. I went to actblue.com and I made a contribution to Leslie Lopez, a way of reminding you that now the political season's really underway. Uh, It's time for all of us to step up and support the Democratic candidates that uh, we want to give our support to, either for the Senate or for the House, Joe Biden, members of state legislatures, city councils. And the way to do it, one-stop shop, I totally recommend, is Act. Blue.com. Uh, any candidate, every Democratic candidate is represented there. You just tell them where you want your money to go, and it'll go there 100%. ActBlue.com. Check it out and get involved. Uh, put yourself on the line to support the Democratic candidates that you prefer. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. 
Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. And we're back on the Bill Press Pod talking politics today with one of the best, uh, Larry Sabato. Of course, he's a professor of politics at the University of Virginia. He's also, and maybe more importantly, the founder and director of the University of Virginia Center for Politics and author of the great Sabato's Crystal Ball. Okay. (laughs) Now, Larry, when you look in your crystal ball, a lot of Senate races up this year, and the map favors Republicans. Um, How do you read it? Well, you know, I, I just want to take us back not very far, but in 2022, prior to the election, and really for a year or so before then, everyone said, well, you know, it's a fait accompli. The Republicans will take yep, over the Senate. They right. only have to pick up a pick up a seat. And so that's going to happen. That We'll have to factor that in. And what happened? Not only didn't they pick up the seat, Democrats gained a seat. They got a majority. So I look at this map and I say, boy, that's a bad map for Democrats. I mean, you know, to have Tester survive in Montana and have Sherrod Brown survive in, in Ohio and, and Manchin. How does he survive in West Virginia? Uh, easy pickings for the Republican. But you never know. You just never know. And there are even Republican incumbents who, because of the Dobbs decision, because of abortion rights, could be in trouble could. How important a factor do you think is the Dobbs decision? And plus, continuing efforts by Republicans, not to stop there, right, but now to go for a national abortion ban or state after state after state, uh, they won't let go of this issue. Does that hurt them, do you believe? Of, of course it does. Of course it does. Now, let's let's talk after the Virginia legislative elections, because if Democrats wow. can't hold the state Senate and maybe even win the House of Delegates with this powerful issue, and in Virginia, Democrats should have an edge, even without Dobbs, and then you put Dobbs into the into the picture, they ought to be able at least to hold the state Senate. But if Republicans end up through Yunkin winning both houses, it's going to cause me to rethink what Dobbs really means for 2024. On the other hand, if Democrats hold the Senate and pick up seats in the House or carry it, then that suggests once again, as in 2022, that the Supreme Court, the Republican Supreme Court, six to three, has handed a very powerful issue to Democrats that they can use if they play it well. Mm -hmm. Since you and I have probably been involved in politics, Democrats have always said we need to do something, not just Democrats, a lot of Republicans, we need to do something about the price of prescription drugs and the place to start is allow Medicare to negotiate with the drug companies on the price of drugs for so many seniors. Biden delivered it this week, Larry. Is that a winning issue? It, it ought to be. Now, again, it's the out years. You know, I read the fine print and this. This uh-huh. could take a while. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think That's it's right. going to be done before 2024, but it's a selling point. 
And you know, seniors really care about this. And when I get to my senior years, Bill, I think I'll care about it. Uh, but, but, you know, it's important. It's important. And, you know, when you can actually help somebody put their, their monthly budget together without doing without housing or food, you know, or, or leaving off medicines that keep them alive, it means something. And people will give you a vote for that. How do you think the move, uh, which Kevin McCarthy seems determined, to open an impeachment inquiry to impeach Joe Biden plays in 2024? Some Republicans are not too happy he's going that way. No, well, of course, the ones who are elected from Biden districts, that's a good ticket out for them. Yeah. And they and they know it. But, you know, look, you know very well, the speaker's going to do anything he has to do to hold his position on any given day. So I can see him following through on this. And even the discussions, even, you know, if it's a committee that, that's doing it, most people say, come on. What a waste of time. We learned, if nothing else, in the Trump years, you can pass an impeachment and it's dead immediately when it gets to the Senate. What's the point of all this time and effort wasted on something bound to fail? So it's stupid. I guess Democrats maybe should hope they do it. And Mm -hmm. it only excites the Republican base. Aren't they excited enough already? Yeah, right. Well, it may be the only way that Kevin McCarthy can avoid a government shutdown. And, you know, that may be his maybe. his maybe his motivation Uh the House margin, five seats. Very, very slim. Not guaranteed they hold on to the House, I guess. Huh? How do you read it? Uh, it's very competitive. Now, New York Democrats have to get their act together. Ah, you know, yes. if, if they can do that then maybe Democrats will take over the House again. But they're going to pick up a seat in Alabama if Alabama decides that the Supreme Court is worth a bang. Uh, you know, who knows? Uh, in that sense, I guess Democrats may may sympathize with them, but not on the specifics. Uh, Florida, there's an additional Democratic seat there. There have been, uh, in Wisconsin, there may be a payoff for Democrats as well. And there are other places, but it's mainly presidential coattail. If Mm -hmm. Biden ends up winning, you know, decisively against Trump or whoever the Republican nominee is, I think he'll pull in a Democratic House. Mm -hmm. That's the way it used to be. We had many, many elections where the House changed dramatically from one midterm election to the presidential election. Uh, Why couldn't the same thing happen again? And it could. Right. So, Larry, you've been very generous with your time. Great to join you again. I want to I wanna just, the last thing I want to pick up with you is m- maybe what pisses me off the most about campaigns these days. So here we are uh, the day after Labor Day and all the political stories we see everywhere you look, right? Oh, it's day after Labor Day, the campaign is underway. The presidential campaign is underway. <laughs> Jesus, it's a year and a half away. What? How did we get into this and how can we get out of it? I mean, well, I, I always remember, I tell students that the 1960 cycle began on January 2nd, 1960, when John. Thank you. Yes. Announced. And and he was criticized for announcing so early. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, and and no, now look, the the next election begins the day after the elections concluded, the last election. Uh, I don't see any way around it. It's First Amendment rights, the unlimited gusher of money that 
is yeah. coming to our politics on both sides. It, there's just simply no way around this. I'm sorry to say. Yeah, you know, I I just looked it up today. Bobby Kennedy announced actually March 16 in 1968. Of course, he waited until Eugene McCarthy, <laughs> you know, shook up uh, Lyndon Johnson in in New Hampshire. But exactly. uh, it used to be people would wait until the presidential year to announce they were running uh, for president. But don't you think that that has an impact? I mean, because members of Congress, members in the Senate, um, they're they're full time campaigning now, right? They don't take time out to govern or to get things done. There, which... there is no governing interim. We used to call it the governing interim between elections. We don't have that anymore. Uh, you don't have a period of time when the uh, people in the House and the Senate, maybe even the presidency, say, well, politics aside, we'll get back to politics next year. Now's the time to do what the country needs. Let's compromise. Let's get together. Let's work this out. We don't, ha we don't have days like that anymore, much less months the way it used to be. Is it Newt Gingrich that started that, the kind of the full-time campaigning? If I had to pick out a villain, it would be Newt, no question. But there were a lot of other people who pushed us, pushed us in this direction. Yeah. And it's, it's a shame. It, it made sense at the moment, but it did not make sense for the country in the long run. And now we're stuck with this system. Yeah. And no wonder, I would add, that members of Congress are held in such low esteem by the public because they're not getting anything done because they're too busy running for office. By the way, I've, I've had this conversation, you probably have too, with Tom Daschle and Trent Lott. You know, oh, yes. Both oh, absolutely. Yes. And they, they, they were just the opposite. They would work together, elections over, now let's, what do we got to do? And let's get to work, right, together. Right. Absolutely. And you, you remember, well, this is going way back, but we both do. Uh, in the 60s, when Linda Johnson and, uh, and uh, the senator from uh, Illinois, Everett Dirksen, the Republican leader, he was the minority leader. But it, since you needed 67 votes at that time to do anything in the Senate, it really mattered that they got along, they worked together well. And back in those days, the Republicans were giving more votes to civil rights legislation than the Democrats were because of the Southern Democrats. That yeah. that's just that was ideal. I don't think we'll ever see that again under any circumstances. So we're going to have to live with what we've got, right? Make the most of it. <laughs> well, I'll, I just want to live. I don't know about, you know, under any circumstances, I will go ahead and live if I can. Larry Sabato, great to join you today. And thank you so much for being here on the Bill Press Pod. Thanks for the great work you do and uh, hope to catch up with you again soon, Larry. Wonderful, Bill. It's always fun to be with you. And that's it for today's Labor Day podcast with Larry Sabato, the great Larry Sabato. So here we are, the campaign officially underway. You know, there'll be lots of political talk for our roundtable on Friday. And Congress is coming back in town, facing the dual challenges of how to avoid a government shutdown and for Kevin McCarthy, how to get started on a Joe Biden impeachment, the White House fighting back. So lots of fodder for this week's panel on, on uh, the roundtable that's on Friday. Meantime, have a good week. I'll come back on Friday for our political roundtable and the next edition of the Bill Press Pod.